ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Top 8 Magic. I'm Brian David Marshall. I'm joined by Michael J. Flores, and we are doing our Oath of the Gatewatch set review in our uh, trademark Ergwub order. Um, I actually thought this was the Karma Chameleon podcast. Karma, why Karma Chameleon? Well, because we did red last time, and this time we're going to do green and multicolored, so it's like red, gold, and green. Okay. You know, Karma, 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 Karma Chameleon. I, you know, I don't, Boy George. I, don't, I, I know the song. I, I understand all the words you said. I do not understand the context. They're supposed to be parsed in. But, uh, you and my wife. <laughs> Just... None of the words. I, I, yeah. What? Ergwub. That's, Wait, before that's, what, we, that's what we're doing. We're doing be, Ergwub. Before we Ergwub, I gotta, I gotta ask you something. Yes. What's up with Aaron Afalo, man? I, the, the Knicks have been playing really fun to watch basketball. Afalo's been great. Lopez has been great. KP has been great after only, you know, after sort of dialing it down to good for a couple of weeks. Melo has been playing lights out. Like, Melo, I think, is playing the best basketball of his career. I mean, Afalo had maybe the best game anyone's had this season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that like, game was actual, Like, he had 102% true shooting or something. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a stat like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's this weird thing where Carmelo has realized that a lot of times, the team will put two players on him and some perfectly functional shooter will be wide open. And so he's passed the ball to them. I mean, it's really bizarre. He's passed the ball before. I mean, he's actually he's taken never the action the of pet. He's, ne- he's, he's, he's never, never had as many assists as he has right now, as he's averaging right now. Well, I'm just saying Afalo has had, well, I'm had talking about I Mello. think literally, the, I mean, whatever Mello. The, the guys, for whatever Phil Jackson reason, the guy has a max contract. Aaron Afalo, like, literally had in excess of 100% true shooting. And, like, that was, a, I think that was the night we, we did the, the podcast. So we talked about Oath of Jace. So, like, yeah. the game hadn't happened yet. So then, and then I, even though we've talked and even been on podcasts since then, I forgot to mention it. Unbe- like, absolutely unbelievable. Did you watch that game? Uh, I've watched, I, I watch, if I, if I don't watch the game, I watch at least the Knicks in 60 replay of the game, or usually just watch the Knicks in 60 replay of the game, followed by the full replay of the game, but only when they win, when they lose. I, although I did watch them, do, I did watch the game that they lost by one point to the Spurs. So I was actually going to say, I watched that game. Yeah. I watched that game. I was Friday night, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, you know, I'll, any chance I can have to watch the Spurs, but I was rooting for the Knickerbockers. <laughs> I mean, it was I mean like, they made a game out of it. It was like 31 in a row at home for this. I thought that the Knickerbockers were going to break the home streak. They had, a, they, had a, they had a good shot at the end of the game, or I mean, yep. a reasonable shot. I feel yeah. like Przingis was like kicking up. Like, Przingis and Melo had some failure to execute at the end of that game in the last minute. Yeah. That was the, I think that was what happened. Uh, but I really thought that. Because I, I was actually watching the Cavs game, and then they were just cutting in like what the what the score was in in Spurs versus Knicks. And, yeah, and it was just like oh, it's ten points, thirteen points, ten points, whatever. Knicks aren't going to win. So 
Cavs beat whoever they were playing then. I don't even remember. And then I was just like, oh, I'm just going to flip over to the other game. And then there's like the last quarter. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I, the thing that was actually interesting to me was like how nonplussed the Spurs were. Like there was just no, there was just no, no urgency to their actions. Like Tony's just kind of like standing around. Like, what is going on here? Like you guys are about to lose this game at home to the Knickerbockers. They didn't care. They're just like, eh, we're going to stand around. Like Kawhi screwed up. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Kawhi must have screwed up in order for, uh, for the door to have been open uh, for the Knicks. I mean, man, the Spurs, they're a good team. Yeah, they're really good. Kawhi Leonard's actually like my vote for MVP right now. You know that that there's this such a player called I do Stephen Curry, right? I do, I do. I'm aware. Um, I like Kawhi Leonard a lot. I've liked him for as long as he's been in the league. I mean, as long as he's been in the league, he's been a Spur, and you know the Spurs have been title contenders basically every single year that he's existed. Yeah. Um, but uh. This this player, Stephen Curry is playing lights out, and I think that I think that Draymond Green is probably like the fourth most important player in the league right now. There's yeah, some good it. players in the league. I mean, you could you could you could you could construct some scenario where you list the like five or six most important players in the league and not mention a player who isn't LeBron, uh, a Spur, or a. Uh, I uh, what you call it? A warrior. I think it's know? like Curry, LeBron, Kawhi, Draymond Green, uh, Russell Westbrook, and and or the servant. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like that Westbrook is actually the better the better Thunder this year. Um, that's super weird. Yeah, KP. I mean, KD's still working his way back. I, I mean, like he's you know an in, insanely physically gifted. I mean, obviously, still superstar caliber. I'm just saying, like Russell Westbrook is playing lights this out is, basketball. This, but not not only are we doing our set review out of sequence, we're doing our podcast out of sequence. We're supposed to talk about the Magic first to keep people. Then we get to talk about basketball at the end once we've once we've locked them in. No, like, no, no, oh, no. They know that I've the already magic listened. Is they've already, <laughs> we've already, already committed listened to for 45 green. minutes. They're so, like, I might as well just listen to the last five minutes. But really, it's like 15 minutes of basketball. But the the reality is. Man, the NBA. This I don't know. The NBA. Nick, like Nick's won again tonight. You know, by the way. Oh, I didn't. I did not know that. Yeah, they uh, they beat the Celtics uh, in a game where Melo turned his ankle and like was out early in the second half, and KP was in foul trouble the whole game, and I think fouled out at the end. Yeah. And and they were down and they were down big in the game too at some point and just came back and just like Aflalo had a great game. Jaron Grant had a really played a really great late stretch of the game running the point uh you know they're one of their draft picks this year and uh just just an exciting it was it was an exciting game to watch yeah. like they 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 actually just outplayed the Celtics who are a team I re- I think is you know reasonably good in terms of the middle of the pack bad teams you think I actually think the Celtics are the second best team in the east yeah well we'll see um but the uh the Cavs actually played, I think, Dallas tonight. I don't know who won. Yeah, then they they play the Spurs, right? Like they the Spurs get to like the Spurs and the and the Cavs line up for the home undefeated record, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, ba- basically the Spurs and Cavs are playing on a night where the Spurs can either match or break the Cavs' record of home consecutive home wins. 
but the Cavs' consecutive home was only second to the Celtics. The Celtics have the Celtics from Larry Bird era have one game better. Okay. Uh, well, I guess the, I guess it's whatever they are. Yeah, they're no, no. The yeah, all time the Cavs have the second best. From, okay, so that's I actually, it's just the it's just whatever the Cavs' recent stretch I was. I flew but. back to Cleveland for the for the lock game, and they lost to the <laughs> to the Lakers. There were two yeah, well, there were two regular season games left in the season, and and we know why that was. Well, the J in Michael J. Flores stands for Jinx. Yep. Well, that was my fault, obviously. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, but so the Celtics actually no no it's tied. I think it's tied. I think the Cavs and Celtics co hold right all time best okay. home record, and that the but it'd be, it's like not fair. Like the, the Spurs have it across multiple seasons, right? The Cavs yeah. did it and the Celtics did it in a single season. So it's like, that's just not really fair in my, in my opinion, right? Sure. Like that's like, like, I don't know, like Marco Bellinelli was on that team, you know? Like this isn't the same team, you know? LaMarcus Aldridge is on this team. Uh, there's two minutes, 29 seconds left in this game. Uh, it will be over before our podcast is over. And the Cavs are currently up by one point. Um, so why don't we just get into green? <laughs> okay. Cause about, otherwise, otherwise we could be very deep down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Of, um, okay. How about birthing Hulk six in a green for a Eldrazi drone. That's a five, four it's devoid. You're devoid. Uh, what? I'm, I'm sorry. It's an uncommon when birthing Hulk enters the battlefield, put two scion tokens onto the battlefield. And then it has one and a colorless regenerate birthing Hulk. So this is basically the like better colorless craw worm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> much I mean it's much better. Craw worm costs six. This costs seven. Yeah, but you, you get you get like a you get like a rebate. You do you get like a two mana rebate. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Awesome name. It's reminiscent of both birthing pod and like Protean Hulk. Or yeah, or any kind of Hulk, you know, like yeah. Incredible Hulk. I actually think it's a pretty cool picture. And yet, the yeah. standard in other and formats, yet, likely an unplayable card. Yeah, Pro- probably a, like 22nd, 23rd card in some limited deck. But that like, seems okay for limited. Yeah. All right. Ruin in, ruin in their wake. 1G for a sorcery. Devoid. Oh, this card is exciting. It's an uncommon. Uh, search your library for a basic land card and reveal it. You may put that card onto the battlefield tapped if you control a land named Wastes. Otherwise, put that card into your hand and shuffle your library. Wow. So this is a super conditional. Uh, this is like a, this is like a you know a tango growth. Don't know. That's. Tango? Yeah, remember Tango Lands? I'm, I was I'm just okay. They're called Battle Lands. The term Tango I know Lands that has they're been eradicated from history. I know that they're called. It's Battle like Lands. season four of Fringe. Like there's just no, <laughs> there's just so, no Pacey from Dawson's Creek. He doesn't exist anymore. So what, what do you what do you think of this? This card is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. You know, we we talk a lot about you know getting to certain cards on certain turns. I mean, you know, how, how reliably can you have a wastes in play uh, on turn three, on turn two when you cast this? I mean, you could just play with wastes, right? Right. Th- that's one. You can just, like, have one wastes in your deck with, like, four evolving wilds and go, like, first turn evolving wilds, waste ruin in their wake. Uh, you can just use the ruin in their wake as, like, not a rampant growth. Instead, use it as a Sylvan scrying. 
and then like at some point in the future you can have right, a waste you, you, play. Right, you can go get a waste with yeah, it. Yeah, you can get a wastes, right? And then like all your future ruin and their wakes are good. So the the card is like a little bit less powerful, I think, than that, I mean, it's actually substantially less powerful than Rampant Growth, right? Yes, but, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 it exerts a, a, a deck-building constraint on you. But I, I think that the condition is not that rough. And there is no other card that does this in Standard right now. Right. So I, we already talked about in order to play cards like, you know, Warping Whale or um, Spatial Contortion that the decks might just play with one wastes and uh, evolving wilds. And I think that maybe we'll see more. I mean, I don't know how many wastes I'd be willing to play. I can imagine playing a single waste in like a four color deck right now. Right. But, you know, this card, and, you know, probably like a 28 land mana base or maybe 29 land mana base if i'm gonna go play 64 cards i was just gonna say you're gonna play 64 <laughs> yeah, it's just you know if it's gonna be a 64 card deck it's go to 29 lands you know uh one of them could be a waste I'm, I'm sure that we can get the mana balance to work so you just splash four blue cards in our, our other otherwise three color deck you know that that probably work um so anyway uh, i think this card seems sweet Next yeah we're you you think, you think, you think this card we're just going to see a good, fair right? amount of in standard? It's very good. Uh, yeah, I think this card certainly will see play. I, I don't think it's hard to get wastes. That's yeah. the thing. Do you, now, do you, do you think, could you, could you imagine some scenario where this gets played in a mo- in modern format? I, I don't really see. Oh, no. Like, rampant growth doesn't even really get played in those formats. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Scion Summoner. 2G for a 2-2. Devoid. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, put... A single one-one colorless Eldrazi Scion token onto the battlefield. So this is basically like uh, Eldrazi Sky Spawner, but instead of a two-one flyer, you're getting a two-two ground creature for the similar converted mana cost. Yeah, so that's a substantial downgrade. So two-one flyer is way better than a two-two ground guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, you know this. This I I can't imagine that. I mean, this will obviously be an early draft pick, but I can't imagine it being picked as highly as the Eldrazi Sky Spawner was picked. Which is like consistently like first. Yeah, first, first, second pick quality card all the time. But uh, not not a card. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I yeah. We're not gonna say I don't think this is gonna see play anywhere. Uh in constructed deck? Yeah. No. Yeah. This is like I don't know. It's I it's like gnarled massage. But actually, it's not. Like, Gnarled Mask could beat a Kitsune Blademaster in a fight. Actually, right. not, he couldn't beat a Kitsune Blademaster in a fight. <laughs> he, could, he could tangle with, like, I don't know, uh, Samurai oh, the Pale there's, Serpent. There's an, actual, there's an actual Gnarled Mask coming up. You don't need to worry about it. Well, I'm just saying he could tangle with a Samurai the Pale Serpent. This guy could. Yeah. yeah. Like, actually being 3-3 was actually relevant. Yeah. Stalking Drone. 1G for a 2-2 Devoid. And then it has colorless stalking drone gets plus one plus two until end of turn. Activate this ability only once per turn. It seems pretty good. This card would destroy you and your gnarled masses. It would. It would. I think that this card might be. Uh oh. Twenty eight seconds left. Dallas is up by two. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um. So yeah, I think this card's probably pretty good. It's like you a, do. Yeah, it's like a putrid leech. Right, like 
Putrid Leech was awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't go in every deck, but if there's a deck that has, like, a waste in it, or, like, a... I'm just going to say words, you know, like a Majoring Network, or a, or a Haven of the Spirit, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know, or a, a Yavamaya Coast. So okay. you you see you could see you could see this card getting finding some room in a in a standard environment. I I mean look at the decks that like the, the Abzan decks play with Air of the Wilds and <laughs> like is this card substantially worse than Air of the Wilds? I don't know. Hey, Air of the Wilds get the Death Touch. The, yeah, but I mean I guess I guess the plus one plus two is 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 you know lets it lets it tussle with a with a different class of cards. I mean, I don't know like just. They play with Air of the Wilds. They play with, yeah. like, Snapping Gnarlid. Like, <laughs> those are not... I mean, those are fine cards. They're all bears. Like, every one of these guys is, like, a bear with some upside. Like, I guess Snapping Gnarlid is substantially more powerful than this card. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe this is just not good enough. Like, <laughs> But it, it seems putrid leechy to me. I, I think it's probably not that bad. Yeah, and, I, mean, and I think the that, thing that's is, the obvious comparison. Like, the decks that get paid for playing... Stalking drone are different from the decks that get paid for playing Snapping Gnarled. Like they're just they don't have the same land, right? Right. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's not good enough, but it seems but, like. But it's a, it's a card. It's a card to keep an eye on as a, as a fringe. It's like, oh, this might be a card you you actually need to go to at some point to like, to, to, if, to slow to, to 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 put up some kind of early defense if you're you know uh, you know getting run over by landfall decks and you're playing your. You're, you know, you're playing your ramp deck, and then maybe you play this somewhere in there. This is to not going to save you from a landfall deck. Yeah, <laughs> the landfall right. deck's going to beat the crap out of this guy. What if it, what if it's a landfall deck that's mana screwed? Okay, there you go. All right, uh, vile redeemer. Here's your gnarled mass, Mike. Two G for a three three devoid flash. When you cast vile redeemer, you may pay colorless. If you do, put a one one Eldrazi Scion token onto the battlefield. For each non-token creature that died under your control this turn, those tokens have sacrificed this creature, add colorless to your mana pool, as they do. Wow. This card is super exciting. This is a very good card. I mean, you always like the... Uh, Caller like, of the Claws. Like the, this guy's like a Wolf Avenger guy. What's his name? We sure. talked about that guy. He's like kind of like that guy. He's kind of like the Caller of the Claw. I mean, you have to pay an extra, so it's four to get his Collar of the Claw ability, which is, I guess, it's not that bad a deal. Like, if you're getting Wrathed, this guy's sweet. Um, I, I could just totally see him being, like, like the, uh, the recoup guy in a Gideon deck. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't count, uh, it doesn't count token creatures, but... <laughs> But, but still, like you know, if your opponent, yeah, your opponent has a, you know, is going to just sweep the board against your, you know, your green landfall deck, you know, is you know, like okay, you know, you put them under pressure, and then they're like okay, you know, Croxifate, whatever, whatever they do, you get to, you know, you get to flash this guy in, and and put, you know, I don't know, six, seven points of power on the board, like three three, flash for three is still fine, also, yeah, just fine, yeah. Yeah, I think this card's really good. I think um, there's also situations where you get to like you, you know, where you, I mean, as as weird, you know, as as weird as it sounds, where there's decks where you put your opponent under, you know, this pressure with just where they have to deal with it, and you know that the ways that they're going to deal with it are going to be, 
you know, these board sweepers, and you get to also untap and have access to a ton of mana on your next turn. Sure. Like, you could you just know. cast one of, like, the uh, Eldrazi alien giants or, like, an Ugin or something. Yeah. Like the, and yeah. It, it goes without saying, or maybe we have to say it, that these guys play so well with Ugin. Like, Ugin doesn't like to kill colorless things, and these Devoid guys are all colorless. Yeah. They're all buddies. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, li- I like this card a lot. I can see this card in a lot of different decks. Um, it, but it's nowhere near as good as the next card, in my opinion. <laughs> World Breaker, which is a, a mythic rare Eldrazi. It costs six and a, a green, so seven total. And seven, always an important number when we're talking about Eldrazi, right? Yep, because seven is what is necessary to trigger um, Kozilek's return, which we talked about in the previous podcast. So he's a 5-7 yeah. seven for seven which is not the most exciting thing in the world, but he's got a stack of abilities. He's got Devoid, he's got Reach, he's got two crazy abilities. One of them is, when you cast Worldbreaker, exile target artifact, enchantment, or land. Jeez. So he's an Eldrazi trigger for an exile version of Creeping Mold, right? which is very good. Yeah. And he has another ability, which is two and a colorless sacrifice a land. Return World Breaker from your graveyard to your hand. I'll tell you where this guy's really important. First of all, he's like... In a game of magic? He's like hella inevitable. Because like yeah. the, uh, the Eldrazi decks are probably going to have an overabundance of land. Yep. Like going long. So if you lose your insane 5-7, you can always get him back by rebuying him. He can just die again in I mean, combat or whatever. I mean, you just you just have to look at what people do with like great room of the spirit dragon, you know, and and you know, you know, second floor of the you know dragon. You know what I mean? Like all those lands where you get to sacrifice them and return. You know what I mean? In the late game, like where that one land gives you that ability to rebuy a dragon once. <laughs> like the ability to like rebuy this guy and. You know, again, you know, if there's ways that you have, you know, we've talked about Oath of Jace and ways to put cards into your graveyard, too. Like, you know, cash a land in for a spell that you've, you know, kind of sped past in your deck. Super exciting. So I think this card is going to be so important because in Eldrazi and Eldrazi, a lot of the games are going to go deep, right? You're going to go to like eights, nines, tens or whatever. And if somebody just plays World Breaker on seven and nugs the other guy's land... He oh, might yeah. be dead. Yeah. It might be it right there. <laughs> right. I hit seven first. I put you down to five. Yeah. Right, because you're only on six. I mean, the next three turns might be irrelevant because you didn't make a play that mattered to me enough on the previous turn. Also, you might be loath to kill my world breaker, which means he might just kill you. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's another thing. Yeah, no, this But you're just not going to really hit your, your Ugin or your Kozilek or your Ulamog because... I literally put. I'm on seven. You're on five. Yeah, yeah. I could. Uh, I could actually. I could actually see this card uh, going into the Eldrazi decks in modern. Yeah, sure. This card's very good. I could. I could see this. I could see this card. You know, especially you know, especially where you're like doing like Eldrazi, you know, stuff with like all the all the kind of uh, Urza pieces. You know, where you have so much mana. Um. You know, I think I think you could see some, you know this card being really. Uh, you know, real backbreaker in the mirror, like you're saying, but also just, you know, where you get to just ramp very quickly to where you're casting this and just putting this ridiculous, you know, roadblock down that's also just removing a key piece of your, you know, your your board's development. 
Uh, the existence of this card almost makes me not want to play Aldrazi ever. Wow. It's just so dumb in the mirror, I think. Yeah. So, I don't know. A-plus card, I think. Yeah, is this the best green card we've talked about so far? Probably. Yeah. Oh, I think that R- Ruin in their wake might be better, and um, certainly I think Oath of Nyssa is going to be better, which we know okay. exists. Yeah. But I think this is a very good card. It's kind. Of, it's kind of funny though. Like the the cards you're, you know, the the cards we've mentioned. I think for the most part, for modern so far, have all been green cards. <laughs> you know, Othnissa being a card that could contribute to modern, and Worldbreaker being a card that could probably fill a role in modern. Uh you know, norm- normally I, th- I think th- I think those cards have, as being blue. Um, Bayloth Pop, one and a green for a beast. A 3-1 uncommon, and Bayloth Pup has Trample as long as it has a plus one, plus one counter on it. 3-1 for two is, is, not, uh, is not an unreasonable return, even in, even in a standard format. We talked about 3-1s for three before. Um, yeah, I think this card is interesting. I think it's probably not good enough. Um... I agree, like, 3x for 2 is, you know, there's some incentive to, to wanting to play that. But the the fact that it, like, its ability is pretty weird. Also, nobody cares. Yeah. No, you know, okay, but, you know obviously this is a card that, that's going to play very well with support in the, new, uh, in the new limited format. And, you know, it's going to be a card that, uh, you know, gives you a way to break through. Oh, sure. In, in Limited, this is going to be a card you often play. Yeah, yeah. Um, by, by the way, speaking of cards in, uh, in Modern, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Bonds of Mortality is actually like the, the sort of semi-perfect uh, answer to the Boggles deck. One in a G for an enchantment. When Bonds of Mortality enters the battlefield, draw a card, whatever. But it has green. Creatures your opponents control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. So you actually... This card, this card, I think this card is actually really interesting. Yeah, like, there's not that many abilities that let you just, like, now you see me, now you don't, like Geist of St. Traft or something. Right. Um, I think that it's cool because it replaces itself also. Sure, yeah. Um, I will play this card in Canadian Highlander. Don't worry I'm not, about it. I don't know that it's playable, but it's pretty interesting to riff on a little. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like a sweet card, and uh, you know, like you know, you just like all the hexproof auras decks. You you actually get to, you know, you you can actually play a more react. You can suddenly play a reactive game. It's certainly not a bad card. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like in standard, like what does this deal with? It deals with like uh, various dragon lords, lets you tussle with them. Various hexproof dragon lords. The various styles of hexproof dragon lords. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I got, I'm, uh, I'm lukewarm on it. Yeah. I like enchantments that draw a card, but again, that yeah, it's may be, not a bad card. That, that may just be because I play enchantress in 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 my vintage Highlander format. So, uh, I know you're excited about Canopy Gorger. 
4GG for 6-5, no other abilities, common, uh, has the secret stealth ability to be traded for a Sengir Vampire, and possibly a dual land. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a huge, strict upgrade to Crawlworm. He's even yeah. still a worm. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, 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 give me a Sengir Vampire and it's all, all yours. My, my worst trade ever was a Savannah to Worth Wolpert. Savannah uh, for a Sarah Angel. I mean, you know, probably got less worse as things went along. You no. know, Sarah Angel, Sarah Angel came down. <laughs> no, that was very bad. Yeah. Uh, elemental Uprising. 1G for an instant. Target land you control becomes a 4-4 elemental creature with haste until end of turn. It's still a land. It must be blocked to this turn if able. Wow, I love this card. Hmm. I I mean I don't I don't love it for standard, but I, I love this card for for limited. It's, I will it's, I will it's probably not that have, bad. Like it's like I will a flame probably rift. have too many. I will probably have too many of this card in limited. Like you could just get somebody for four with it. It's like a flame rift or something. You can get them for four, or you can. Uh, but if they have a blocker, you're gonna eat a you're gonna eat a creature. They have to block it. So it's like a weird green removal spell. Yeah, you can also just like, can't you just like block with it? You can. You can also ambush something with this very effectively. Yeah, I, I, I think that the card will be pretty played then. In, in what format? In constructed in standard. Really? Yeah. Really? Why? What do? Where do you see? It's this like going a green terror. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna you you could probably get someone good with it for like one week. Yeah. <laughs> like there's one week where you're just gonna like you know flip out the Twitch chat on an SCG open when you when you blow someone out with this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's only one week. I don't. Th- th- this card seems like it has some legs to me. Wait, where would where where do you possibly see taking a deck slot up for this? You just like I don't know like. An Eldrazi ramp deck or something. Like it has like a terror now. And then sometimes you nug them for four. Right. Or sometimes they've done the math. Well, actually, I mean, it's also funny, right? Like if you, you know, if they have like, they're setting up for one blocker on their, the other thing that this thing does is it Trojan horses your, your big guy through, right? Oh, sure. Right. So like you're in a situation where you're just like, okay, I need a scion to block that. And then I get to swing here and you're going back and forth. You know, if you suddenly make your land a creature, that has to get blocked. Right? You know, they have to put their blocker on the land. Yeah, I love your Trojan horse analogy. It's sort of like if the Trojan horse came charging towards the walls <laughs> and was like, ah, it's frothing at the mouth. We have to kill it. And then in, all the in soldiers. In the shape sneak of a in. giant crab with the. <laughs> and then all the other the soldiers just snuck in the side door. Uh embodiment of insight four and a g for an elemental vigilance land creatures you control have vigilance landfall whenever land enters the battlefield under your control you may have target land you control become a three three elemental creature with haste until end of turn it's still a land that's quite sweet it is it's not prohibitively costed and 
Mm. It like actually has some pretty good synergies, right? Like if you have a fetch land, for example. Yeah, yeah, and you you can sort of present ten damage on your next turn. Yeah, I think it's still unlikely to see constructed play, but yeah, I will probably I could see myself first picking this. Depending, I, I mean, again, I, I don't know. I haven't really done any analysis of how the format plays out, but I could see myself picking this very highly. Uh, Gladeheart Cavalry, five GG for a six-six Elf Knight. It's a rare. When Gladeheart Cavalry enters the battlefield, support six, so you get to put a plus one plus one counter on up to six creatures. And whenever you a creature you control with a one one counter on it dies, you gain two life. Well, this is pretty expensive. For, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is a fun little card for your commander deck. You know, like your commander elves deck. You know, like when the cavalry comes, it's like in the story that you know we're about to die, but the cavalry gets there. Yeah, yeah. The, this story is not going to be as happy. The cavalry is going to get there. On turn seven, maybe, and it'll be too late. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe they might not even they might not even get there. Let's be honest. I mean, support six, like that's just <laughs> gaudy. Like, like, I mean, do you think the guy who had six guys and played needed the Gladeheart Cavalry? <laughs> like, that was like a list of the things. That really, he, you know what? Really? I need you to called us. Even you called power. us for this. There's six of you. There's six of you. You didn't need us. Uh, Harvester Troll. Uh, Three and a green for two, three troll. Uncommon. Uh, When Harvester Troll enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature or a land. And if you do, put two plus one plus one counters on Harvester Troll. So this is a four, five for four. Potentially. Uh, But it doesn't. I mean, you have to eat some actual material to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes you get to eat a scion or something. But this is not a uh you know, this this is this is not the Juzam Jin you're looking for, is what you're telling me? Yeah, I don't Or the Urnum Jin or it's just I, I mean he comp- it's com- comparable to Urnum Jin, right? Like a four no, five it's, four. It's not comparable to anything you would ever actually want to play. Yeah, well that's yeah, that's fair. Also, Tom Martell does not look great in this picture. Like, I think that he should, I think he should uh, get upset with Greg Staples for um, Greg's depiction of him in, in, uh, in this, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think, I think it's been, I think there's been a little too much Photoshop on this one. Yeah. A little too much Photoshop. You know, sometimes you can retouch too much, Tom Martell. Sometimes you can retouch too much. Uh, Lead by example. 1G for an instant support 2. So put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on each of up to 2 target creatures. So it's the it's the anti-twin bolt. Yeah, it's like a, probably going to be a decent trick for limited. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but probably not going to be playable and constructed in my no. opinion. No. Loam Larva. 1G for a 1-3. When lo- oh, you're going to love this card. Oh, it's on top. Sky Games. When Lone Larva enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. Mm. So, reasonable-ish card for limited. Not not something you're going to play in Constructed. No. 
I, I was surprised by how many people were excited by this next card. Natural, Natural state. state. Yeah. So it's G for an instant. Destroy target artifact or enchantment with converted mana cost three or less. It's, um, seems pretty powerful. Uh, so the question is how often are you going to see artifacts and enchantments that have converted mana cost four or greater? Oh, there are certainly some. Right. Um, you know. Yeah, I think, I mean, most, most of the excitement I was seeing for this, Kate, was coming from more eternal format directions. You know, where I guess people were, were very excited to have this card available to them in Legacy and potentially, I guess, in Vintage, but I don't... Don't they already have Nature's Claim? I guess so, but I guess maybe, maybe, the, maybe the... I, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I'm just reporting the excitement I saw. Okay. So, you know, maybe Nature's Claim is, is a little too... I, I mean, the life never seemed to matter, but... No. All right, so let's move on to Netcaster Spider, which is two and a G for a two three. Sounds very Beckerish to me. Oh yeah, this, this, that's a nice return on a spider, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, has reach, which spiders should have. And then whenever it blocks a creature with flying, it gets plus two plus zero intelligence, so it gets to trade up against bigger flyers. Well, it's not going to be good enough for constructed. No, I'll tell you that. No, no, but it, it is, it is, it is good enough to probably pick third <laughs> in your in your draft, right? Third I'm sure that if I were locked into green when I open this card, I I have a really really good card to not take this one. Yeah, like a card like Nissa, Voice of Zendikar. Oh, that would be a good example. So that's our very next card. It's a crazy planeswalker. I mean, it's a three casting cost planeswalker, yeah. so that's always Those that's have. always going to be just like excitement, right? Like Those always gonna... have a great batting average, no matter what. Yeah, like Liliana, Jace Bellerin, etc. Even even uh, even like the three mana Johnny, you know, saw saw Pro Tour play, right? Uh, no, no, was that that was that was that that was three mana Gideon, right? I'm confusing my white planeswalkers, so. Uh, three mana. Point being, three mana planeswalkers are all sweet. Yes. This one, no exception. Yeah. Uh, it does everything you want a planeswalker to do. Number one, it protects itself. Right. Puts an O one plant into onto the battlefield while gaining. Where it's loyalty. plus one, so it goes up to four loyalty. So, like, you know, your worst case, you just like play this on the second or third turn. Just give yourself a plant, defense itself for a turn. Minus two, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. This is very Gideon-esque, right? So just mentioning Gideon. Yeah. Uh, this is like essentially Gideon's ultimate, right? It's not even the ultimate here. Uh, a cheaper card. Um, you know, good conversion to a, to plus one, plus ones in terms of loyalty, not dying, etc. Uh, one of the things that's cool about this card is it actually gives itself the ability to win. By making O one green plant creature tokens and then later giving them plus one plus one, you actually give yeah. yourself an army. Um, and then third minus seven, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of lands you control. Uh, th- this card is going to be uh, gaudy in in a limited format. <laughs> I tell you something, this card is going to be <laughs> this card is going to be filthy. I mean, it's going to be filthy and constructed. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> This card is not going to be a slouch constructed. I think that I think that it will probably be some version of some decks that have eight misses in standard. Yeah, 
Oh, it's like gosh. you don't have to flip the creature, Nissa, if you don't want to. You just like wait until you're at six lands for a while. Wow. Yeah, this, this card is uh, this card is super sweet. How about Nissa's Judgment? How about it? It's not as good as nearly nearly as good as either of the Nissa cards that are bookending it. Yeah. <laughs> On one hand, we have this is the four G sorcery support two. Choose up to one target creature and opponent controls each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter, and it deals damage equal to its power to that creature. So I mean, that's, it's like that's kind of sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. Like, like I get to like just eat something with all my plant tokens yeah, that have good. all gotten counters from my Nissa. I mean, it's not good enough for constructive play, but it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Oath of Nissa is a card we've already talked about. I mean, this has got to be one of the best cards in the set. Yeah. It it also uh, has a, a hidden ability to draw out people who are super, super literal on the internet. Yeah? Yeah. People are like, you know it's not Ponder, right? It's like, yes, I understand that it's not Ponder. Oh. I do understand that it's not. I, you do understand that it's not Ponder. It's just it's a one-mana card that lets you manipulate your deck. We're going to call that a Ponder. Oh. Sort of lowercase p. Okay. But anyway. Uh, pulse, I, gr- I, I grumble. Pulse of Murasa. Uh, return target creature or land from a graveyard to his owner's hand. You gain six life. I mean, was this card too good at... Um, 1G? Yeah. <laughs> at regrowth? Yeah, like... And, I mean, it's like less restrictive, right? Like... Return target creature or land only, but then I guess you gain six life. And it's an instant. Okay, I guess being an instant is. I'm gonna. Uh, I actually. I. I mean, like, I'm gonna play the hell out of this card. Okay. I mean, I'm not gonna play it. In, I'm not. I don't know that I'll play it in standard or not. Although I could see myself playing it in standard, right? Like, I could certainly see myself, you know, getting back a Jace with this or or a Nissa or whatever, right? But like, in. Like in like you know hundred card singleton formats, like first of all, like anything that's gonna be a regrowth of any kind is 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 very valuable. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say this card is probably not gonna see a lot of play for constructed, but because you can get a land back that that means fetch lands maybe yeah, and just like three mana converting to six life, getting back any card is actually pretty good. Six, in some deck. six is six is a fair amount of life to gain for three mana, yeah. and like to have this like very good utility attached to it of like returning your the the best card from your graveyard. Mm. You know, in terms of a creature or land card, anyway. But like, remember, your planeswalkers are creatures a lot of the times right now. You about half the time right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I like this card a lot. I could actually see. I could actually see myself playing this. Like I don't know what deck I would play it in, but I could see myself. I could very easily see myself being like, "Yeah, I I got room for one pulse of Marasa in this deck." Um, next card, <laughs> Saddleback Lagak. Lagak. <laughs> who who came up with this name? I don't know. So, um, so three and a G for a three one. Common. I mean, there's a reasonable chance that someone who's on our, our who's one of our listeners. There's a lot of people who do card naming that we. <laughs> yeah, I I, I don't like this name. Saddleback Legac. When Saddleback Legac enters the battlefield, support two. Like, couldn't they have called it like Saddle Legac? I don't know. Maybe like some portmanteau. Like... Here's a guy that boosts your other guys. All right, we're gonna 
We're going to keep moving here. <laughs> on, to, on, to, on to Seed Guardian. Who is this, Alec Holland? Yeah, I mean, that's what that's exactly where I went, right? That looks like, you know, that looks like, uh, like Brian K. Vaughn era Swamp Thing there to me. That's really well illustrated, actually. Yeah. Uh, so this is a creature. It's a 2GG for 3-4 reach. It's not that bad. Yeah. When Seed Guardian dies, put an XX green... I'm oh, sorry, elemental creature token onto the battlefield where X is the number of creature cards in your grave. This is like pretty good, right? It it yeah, it's quite sweet. Pays for itself back. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, you're going to get a one one. Yeah, because he'll be if there. it dies. Yeah. Um, I don't know though. Like, you're not you're not seeing this. Yeah, I think it's probably okay, but the the problem is that decks that could afford to play this, might not be interested in a card of this level of impact. Right. And it would be pretty sweet to, like, Birthing Pod pass this into Thrag Tusk. That would be sweet. You know? I could see that. But, uh... No. Yeah, I don't, uh... I don't know. I could see, I could see some situation where there's a Birthing Pod-type card that you want to play with this. Yeah, it's, I think that it has certainly has traits of a playable card. I just don't yeah. know that. I just don't know that it has the, the 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 habitat of a playable card right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sylvan Advocate. On the other G. hand, oh, you like this card? <laughs> oh, Sylvan yeah. Advocate, one G for a Vigilance Elf Druid ally. It's a two three, so pretty decent stats actually. Just to start, right? Like two three for two Vigilance. As long as you control six or more lands. Sylvan Advocate and land creatures you control get plus two, plus two. This card is exciting. Wow. Um, we were talking earlier about playing Air of the Wilds or some of these other poopy one into G guys and beatdown decks. I think this guy might just take the cake for some of the some of those uh, old opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this card, this card's you know perfectly reasonable early. And then in the late game where you're just activating your your lumbering falls or your you know whatever whatever creature land you're you're activating, you know it's just it becomes huge. I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about him being big enough to be interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, mean he, I was, but you're right with the lumbering falls. Like there 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 were enough incident like whatever deck you're playing right like as long as you're playing uh, some non monocolored deck. You're playing some number of creature lands at this point, right? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. It would also be interesting to see, you know, if there's any, like, you know, if this is something that then maybe propels you to play a couple of Awakened cards. It's possible. You know, like, or so- suddenly, you know, your, your, uh, your Ruinous Path, you know, some, some you know, obs on deck where you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll cast Ruinous Path, kill that, activate this. Get two so, guys. You know, you know, it just becomes huge. Yeah, this card's I think this sweet. card's very good. Yeah, like in a in a pretty like non spectacular way, right? He's just like he's just really good at his job. I this just like, like cards that don't cost like that much mana. Competent. Yeah, it's like, and are good at their job. That's what yeah. I like. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm going to do this thing on turn two. Oh, by the way, on turn six, I'm going to do this other thing. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Awesome. Um, next up, uh, Tajuru Pathwarden. A vigilance trample five four for five mana. We will keep moving. It's an ally. It's an elf warrior. It has many tribal synergies. It's Vines, got a guy riding a beast, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it looks like a girl, but yeah. 
They are riding a beast. <laughs> Vines of the Recluse. G for an instant. Target creature gets plus one, plus two, and gains reach until the end of turn. Untap it. This art is super sweet. This art is super sweet because the guy's got like this, like the vines are turning into some sort of spider legs. Yeah, he's like kind of angelic, but he's this on the is, ground. Yeah, this is like John Becker's dreamscape. Um, this is what John Becker dreams about. This card is just as much as Becker probably likes it, which allows him to look. Imagine, and he's even holding a giant can opener. Like in in like. In magic terms, I think maybe like he would just have like a, a religious experience, you know, over this card, <laughs> like <Yeah. my> clues, <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of reconnect with his faith in spiders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yet I don't think this card is going to see much play in constructed. So no, uh, Zendikar Resurgent. This is a, you know, obviously a important card in the mythos of the of the of the set because you see all four planeswalkers uh you know standing together here. I think know? I've read some members of Channel Fireball talking about how they didn't feel like they were very likely to lose a game if they untapped with this and play with like six or seven lands. I mean it seems difficult. I mean like congratulations. Were they, were they, right? were they like, talking about what format were they talking about? I think standard. Yeah. I mean when, whenever you cast a creature spell draw a card is what it says. It also says Pay seven mana first. <laughs> uh, and it also says whenever you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. So it's, you know, very much like a Marari's Wake kind of mm-hmm. card, but it also has comes into play with, you know, just draw a card every time you cast a creature spell. Yeah, that's really powerful. It seems like if this is resolved, it is seems impossible to lose. <laughs> oh, it's possible. What if you just have no cards in hand? You cast it, <laughs> untap, and draw a blank. Yeah, what if you untapped and drew an Arbor Elf? Okay. Then you just go off. Um, yeah, this, this, card seems, this card seems spectacular, but, you know, I can't imagine that the opportunity cost of playing this is it's just got to be so insane, right? Um, could, you, could you imagine yourself playing this card in standard? Yeah. Really? Just get, get to a point where, like, I'm going to play this card. It, you just find, find other cards that are going to work with it. It's not that hard. I mean, it might not be a good deck. I can imagine playing with it. So you're just going to cast your explosive vegetation and your your uh, all all your sort of land accelerators, and and then play this, and then just go off with whatever creatures you have. Well, um, it's. I think it's powerful. Yeah, I think it will probably see play. I mean, certainly playing. Uh, you know, a uh, a Magic Origins Nissa with this in play is very exciting. Well, yeah, right. you know, draw two cards, transform Nissa, get another card. Um, I think that the card is better than you're imagining right now. I have a, I have a, I have a, I mean, I have a hard time imagining. Well, I mean, I guess it's like it kind of feels. I guess the 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 comparable for this would be something like Debtors now. Yeah. In terms of in terms of its like opportunity cost to, to get. Was well, Debtors also legendary enchantment? Sure. I, I if you want to play two of these, Mike, God bless. Oh man, I would be very powerful. 
Um, I mean, you could certainly cast two of them if you cast the first one and still do other stuff. But like, but but I'm but I'm saying, but Deadish Null in terms of like, you know, the 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 up, you know, the point where you get to cast this, like, that's a pretty big. That's a turn where other people are killing you, right? Like we've already shown, like you know, you tap out on turn seven or not or whatever, whether it's turn seven or land seven, you know, the turn where you get to seven mana, and you play that, and then your opponent casts Worldbreaker, <laughs> right? <laughs> Everyone's like, "Nice seven. Here's my seven. I'm also, you know, I'm doing the same kind of strategy here in terms of, you know, ramping things out, but I'm going to ramp out my Worldbreaker." By See, the way, that's the problem cards, I have. With, by the way, these cards play really well together. If you can go to seven, I think you're going to world breaker the opponent before you play this. Yeah, because like, yeah, I mean, I love this card. I'm gonna there. I'm gonna play this card in many formats. I just don't expect that it'll be standard. All right, I, I'm I'm gonna say that I think this card will see play in standard. Do you, do you? But when you say see play in standard, I mean, do you think that this is gonna be like? You know, this is a card people are going to be chasing and like, oh my god, I need to get, you know, I didn't realize how good this was. I need four of this. Or this is going to be like, you know, Conley Woods is streaming and he's trying to borrow two more Zendikar Resurgence for this cool deck he's playing. Is it, I mean, is it a game of Conley Woods game or? I mean, I'm, that's what I'm asking you. I'm saying, is this like, you know, is this Conley good? I think is this it, card is actually Is good. it Ali on Trazi I think good? it's Ali on Trazi good. Okay. Okay. Um, the next card we're transitioning into gold. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about let's just let's let's just recap our green before we move on to the gold cards. Okay. And just talk about what we were pretty excited about. You you really love uh, rune rune in their wake. Yeah, I think that that card is a high potential card. And again, um, a card that's gonna you know potentially warp the way you construct your deck, right? Like I, if you I want really access just to you this. Might just get your first waste with it a fair amount of the time. Yeah. Or 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 you're gonna. Uh, evolving wilds for a waste on turn one, and that's the best, right? Because then your ruin in their wake becomes a rampant growth on turn two, right? Right, but 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 to do that, you really do need to make some real concessions in your mana base and in how your deck is functioning. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, so vile redeemer card we really liked. It's good. Uh, World breaker, another card. In fact, card that sounds like. You think this might be like a a flagship card for this format? I think so. I mean, we we keep saying like, oh, this is one of the best cards. This is one of the best cards, right? Like, obviously, Worldbreaker is not better than Oath of Nyssa, but it is a wildly attractive card for. But but Oath, Oath of Nyssa doesn't give you any kind of inevitable conclusion to a game, right? It's just sort of it kind of propels you along your way. Um, you know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like okay. World break, world breaker is a card that like you're like, okay, I need to deal with it. What do I do about his world breaker? What you know? Oh, she she cast world breaker against me again. What do I do? Yeah, like, you're just gonna you're just messed up. And right? this is a card. I, and this is a card I can see. I mean, honestly, I could see this card being played in modern. Yeah, you said. Yeah. Uh, Bonds of mortality, kind of a fun card, but probably not super good. Elemental uprising, a card that was kind of interesting to both of us. I I think. Uh, you you saw a little more application I, for I think, it in standard than I do. I think that there's going to be folks who are trying to play it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Natural Slate, just kind of a, a nice utility card for people to have. Nissa, Voice of Zendikar, another card that is going to be, you know, probably top of its class. Um, 
Sure. Uh, Oath of Nyssa, awesome card that gets you Nyssa. Either um, any Nyssa. This card is definitely going to be top of this class. <laughs> yeah. It's in a class by itself, actually. Oath of Nyssa, you think? Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, Pulse of Morasa is a card I think is kind of fun, but I don't think super good. It's the same amount of mana as Nyssa Voice of Vendicar. I understand. All right. I just, I, look, I like getting my Gaze Cradle back. What can I tell you? Sylvan Advocate, I think. It's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yep. Sweet card. John Becker, Dreams of, Dreams the Vines of the Recluse Dream. But those and, aren't real spider legs, John. I don't no, know if you no. knew that. I thought that it's just a picture. But I could still feel them. <laughs> uh, and uh, you really like Zendikar Resurgent. I, I, I like the idea of Zendikar Resurgent. I, just, I don't know if really like it is the right way I'm, of putting I'm, it. I I'm, think like this is a card I think is going to see play. All right, then you type up the show notes because if I type them up, I'm going to say you really right, like it. You can type up the show notes. <laughs> it's all right. You can say that I really like it. Yeah, you win. Congratulations. Uh, you want to move on to gold now? Yes, let's talk about multicolored cards. Multicolored so, cards. Slayer Drone. One black red for an Eldrazi drone. It's an uncommon. It's a 3-1. It has first strike. Yep. And it also has whenever another college creature enters the battlefield under your control, target opponent loses one life. It, it's got a lot of stuff that you might want to do. I mean, it, it's, it's another combo piece for whatever Eldrazi Displacer deck people are trying to build. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got a lot of hooks on it that will snare some people's sweater sure that's, that's, that's kind of what i think like, like there are a lot of hooks and somebody's you know, like if you just have a like this guy followed by from beyond right you got like a nice steady source of damage there yeah or if or if you're doing the eldrazi displacer uh brood warden combo Right, where you play your Brood Warden gives you three colorless creatures to sack. You sack them and you pay for your Eldrazi Displacer and you blink out your Brood Warden that comes back into play and gives you three tokens, right? Uh, and you can sort of do that infinitely to no profit at all, right? Like just those two cards are an infinite loop that gains you, gets you nowhere. But, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, but if you introduce a Zulaport Cutthroat or a Flare Drone or an Impact Tremors into that equation, then suddenly, you know, you can just kill your opponent with that. Well, I like doing that. So what's your, cons- what's your uh, verdict on this card? Uh, I mean, I think, I think you already have Zulaport Cutthroat doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see some situation where... You know, maybe you want this because it's devoid. I, I, I see this card being a piece of a combo deck. It has a cool picture, I think. Yeah, I see this card being a piece of a combo deck at some point. Okay. You know, it, it does something that, you know, Sam Black wants a card to do. Um, Mind Melter. One blue, black for a 2-2 two, two, devoid. Mind Melter can't be blocked. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Three and a close. Target opponent... Exiles a card from his or her hand. Activates his ability only anytime. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, anytime you can cast yeah. a sorcery. Yeah, this is this is disrupting scepter. 
Uh, yeah, I think like, but it's like a two-two. Yeah, or cat burglar. I think it's just too clunky to be seeing serious constructive play. Yeah, I mean, this is this. Is, I, I I agree with you. I could see I could see some scenario where this card becomes a you know would would be a sideboard card in past standard formats. I but mean, what's his name? There was like the Cabal Interrogator. Cabal Interrogator. And there was also like there was Cat Burglar was a card that saw like some weird fringe play at the time it was available. Uh and you know, and obviously Disrupting Scepter and what was the card you played in in the, the, the Team Pro Tour? Uh the the artifact. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think like that was different because, like, you exile the card, but then you could play it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was but, like one, only one more mana than yeah. than disrupting scepter, and yeah. it was like so much upside. Yeah, this card's obviously insane and limited, but uh, probably unlikely to be getting any any love and constructed. Good news, Brian. Yeah, Cavs win in overtime. Ooh, very 110 nice. One ten over one hundred seven. Um, nice. Void Grafter, which is, I guess, the green version of Mind Melter. It's one G U. For a 2-4 Devoid, Flash, when Void Grafter enters the battlefield, another target creature control gains Hexproof until end of turn. This card's sweet. Um, sweet isn't playable, or...? This card's sweet. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, mean I, don't, I, don't think, I don't know that it's playable in standard. I mean, it's, it's sort of like Mystic Snake-ish. It's, it's a, kind of Plax Manta-ish to me. Yeah, yeah, Plax Manta-ish. I mean, like in a format where everything is just defined by creatures, mm. um, you know, and 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 targeted remo- you know removal and abilities and you know giving giving a creature uh, hexproof until under turn is kind of interesting. I mean, this card well, is it's certainly like you can you can get somebody with this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of like it, but I mean, I don't I don't I don't think it's quite good enough for constructed. I kind of but... want it to be playable and constructed. <laughs> That's all. We yeah. we don't have to dwell on that point. I just kind of yeah. wish it. Um, again, you know, we talked before about two threes for two. Uh, Eily, Eternal Pilgrim. White and a black for a legendary core cleric with death touch, a two three death touch. One, sacrifice another creature. You gain life equal to the sacrificed creature's toughness. And then it has one white black, sacrifice another creature, exile target non-land permanent. Activate this ability only if you have at least 10 more life than your starting life total. I think this card has so many good applications. One of them is just a 2-3 for 2 with Death Touch already in the conversation. Yep. Um, But then, like, that's just not good enough by itself. But think about the fact that we were talking earlier about playing Air of the Wilds and Abzan. Like Absan doesn't need a G one for for its two drop necessarily. Black white might be a two drop for them. Same on Mardu. This card might just get played as a one of at the two. It's okay. Right. Um, Death Touch two three again for two is is at least in the conversation. But Eile Eternal Program has got two abilities. You know the the first one, the colorless ability. One sacrifice another creature. You gain life equal to the sacrifice creature's toughness. It's pretty powerful. Um, you know, you can just have a bunch of like creatures lying around that you don't care about. Like, I don't know. Your 
don't know, whatever it is. I mean, we, we've seen, we've, I mean, we've just seen that these cards are powerful. Just, I mean, obviously the the fact that you have to pay one is is makes it worse. It just, than Antuco it Husk. just prevents you from getting into some crazy engine, right? Like, but but like people people play an Antuco Husk. People play these cards. Well, uh, I was thinking like you could play Mardu with Butcher the Horde, this guy, maybe an Antuco Husk, and then like Eldrazi Obligator and other threatened cards. Yeah. Right, like that, like those cards all work very well together. Yeah. And then the other ability, one black, white, sacrifice another creature, again, exile target, non-land permanent, activate this ability, only you have 10 or more life than your starting life total. Like, that's a really powerful ability. I mean, yeah, provided... If you, if you can get to 30, life. this is Vindicate on a stick. Yeah, it's really, it's really strong. So, um, you know, the thing is, you can just build your deck in such a way that you can get there. Like, we were talking a second ago, playing with uh, Butcher the Horde, one of his abilities is just to gain lifelink. Right. He has five power. It's not, right. it's not there's, tough. There, there's Soren, there's, there's all sorts of stuff you can do to, to, to gain that life. So we like this card, right? Yeah, yeah, we like this right. card a lot. And, and, and I like this card in a lot of... I also like this card in, in Command... Obviously, love this card in Commander. You could build a whole deck around this card. Love this card in, in, in a lot of, in a lot of like, fun formats as well. Okay. So, Bailoth Null, four black, green for a four, five. When Bailoth Null enters the battlefield, return up to two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. This is interesting to me, because this is kind of really powerful in terms of its card advantage. Yeah. I, I think this is a super high pick and limited for me. Again, I don't know how fast the format will be. Maybe the format will be super fast, and I'll just die with this in my hand. But uh, this is a card I want to play in limited. Yep, um, I think that I would tend to agree. Like, it's a top end of your of your attrition. Um, it's going to get you ahead there, uh, but it's going to be subject to uh, to some some speed some speed questions that yeah, are... Yeah, well, you're in a black-green deck, though. You can cast this thing on turn four sometimes. Yeah. Um, Cliff but, Clavin Vampire. I was going to say the same thing. Of course you were. <laughs> uh, two white-black for a two-four flying. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. Uh, seems pretty useless. Yeah, it's whatever. It's fine. Uh, Jiraga Auxiliary. One green-white for a two-three. So this is that cycle of... Three mana, you know, uh, uncommons in in the uh, in the allied uh, colors here. Uh, elf soldier, elf soldier ally, and then it has four green W support two. So. That's a frustrating card. Yeah, like it implies so many things that just you can't assume. Like, yeah, this, this card's fine. Two three for three is just like only okay, and then it's just it doesn't even you can't even support itself, right? Yeah, like just presuming you're gonna have these additional bodies in play for support payoff later is just like yeah, it's not not really true. On the other hand, Jorian Ruin Diver for one blue red for two three legendary creature Merfolk Wizard. Whenever you cast your second spell each turn, draw a card. I think this card is really really strong. Like you can just play Jorian Ruin Diver on turn four with one open and then like duress your opponent or or you know your opponent probably reads Jorian Ruin Divers being very dangerous. They might um try to kill it and then you have like a dispel. You can dispel you, draw a card. You dispel draw a card. It's just I think this card is going to be absurd. One of the things that folks might not intuitively see to begin with is it basically has abilities on both ends. 
Um, so you can just draw an extra card on your turn and your opponent's turn. Yeah. If if uh if you've got enough mana to do that. Um I think like it's also super resilient. Like it lives through a wild slash, it lives through it can't be killed by ultimate price. So you, you don't necessarily think of a, a two three as being particularly resilient, but it only costs you three mana and it's automatically resistant to um some of the more common removal spells. Right. It's kind of funny, like you could see a situation where your opponent is like you know, you cast it, you have your one mana up, and they actually they have a a murderous cut and they mm-hmm. don't want to cut it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't want to cut it at the end of your turn. You know what I mean? Like not only do you get to counter the cut, but oh you're gonna counter the cut and draw a card. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It, it just is going to it's going to affect it's going to like warp the way your opponent uh, decides to play the game. Uh, I agree. I think this card is very. very Do you think powerful. you think there's enough cards in standard to? So you know, I, I I was talking about this card versus Eldrazi Obligator. It's just like on Twitter. It's just like something to talk about, and people are like, obviously Jorian is super powerful, but no one seemed to think like like almost like eight to two in terms of like. You know, eighty percent of the people who are talking about him just felt like there wasn't enough cards for Jorian to keep its velocity. Going. I just think that's silly. There's like wild slashes, fiery tempers, ponders. I'm uh, not ponders. Sorry. Um, oath uh, of misses. <laughs> yeah, there's oath of misses. There's dispels. There's disdainful strokes. There's other counter spells. Like there's still dig through time. Oh yeah. There's uh, right. There's still dig through time and and and, and treasure cruise. Um, yeah, I think that the card is just going to be bonkers. And I think that it's going to you know, there's facilitate still, right, there's, a return to Grixis and Standard. Yeah, right, I was just going to say, Grix, this is this really pulls you in the direction of Grixis. Because there's also Tassiger, there's also Murderous Cut, which is just an amazing card. Well, I was here. just thinking, like, there's all these conditions on this, um, in terms of just Standard, not on the card itself, right? But that's dictating what, um, what cards can be played with it. Just kind of roll together like this guy with cuts this guy with duresses like yeah cheap exploiting delve it's um i think he's going to be beautiful yeah card seems sweet uh, mina and den wildborn two gr for a legendary elf ally four four you may play an additional land on each of your turns Red, green, return a land you control to its owner's hand. Target cre- creature gains trample until end of turn. Um, this card seems sweet. There's a lot of things going on. First of all, 4-4 four, for four, 4. Yeah. It's just that's just the baseline. Um, could do worse. Yeah. Uh, you can play an additional land on each of your turns. Um, that's really potentially quite strong. Uh, but you're kind of already in having a fatty zone, right? But then return a land you control to its owner's hand. Target creature gains trampled in a return. Um, that one's a little less exciting to me. Except, except that in a think about like your your red green landfall deck. Oh sure. Where like a, a lot of times you get to four or five mana and you're just done. You know you're 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 out of lands. You know if you or you're like you know, but now you get to like you don't you can like return a land and project. not even miss a land drop. Yep. You can, re- you know, at four mana, you can return two lands and replay both of them. Right? Get two landfall triggers. Okay. I'll buy it. 
you know, I, I could see, I could see this going into, into those, into that red green landfall deck quite easily. Uh, instead of Thunder Maw Hellkite? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, it just has a lot of synergy with, with what you want to do. Um, but is it, so you think it's good enough? It's just, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I, it's a card I would want to, I would want to play. I would like, when I get my play set on Magic Online, this is a card I'll, I'll put in a standard deck and try it out. I think he's getting roasted. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> I think that he's got a big roast target on yeah. his forehead. It's like it's been a, it's been a dry season in the wildborn forest, little buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shouldn't play with matches. Reflector Mage. This is this seems very Chris Pakula ish. This card is stupid. It's one white blue for a two three uncommon creature human wizard. When Reflector Mage enters the battlefield, return target creature and opponent controls to its opponent's hand. The creature. The owner can't cast spells the name, uh, the same name as that creature until your next turn. Um, so I, so I mana war you, yep. and I lot, and I meddling mage you on that creature for a turn. That's about what happens. Yeah, this card's awesome. This card might actually see constructed play. Oh no, it won't. No, <laughs> I don't think so. You don't think you don't you can't you can't see a situation where you're just like. Man, I love this card. Um, I can see a situation like that. I still don't think that it will see construction play. Man, it's the humble. It's like with the humble braggos. Oh my gosh, I love this card. All right, fine. I mean, first pick this card in limited every single time ever. If you're, I mean, if you're going to stretch your mana that way, probably. Yeah, I do. Uh, Relentless hunter. This is also in that same cycle of cards. One red green for an uncommon human warrior. It's a three three for three. So it's got the best stats out of the ones we've seen. We saw a two four, but three three is just, you know, has a little bit more history in terms of being playable at three like mana. Like mass. You like gnarled mass. So, and it has one red green. Relentless hunter gets plus one plus one and gains trample until end of turn. So there's no limitation on this. Like you can only yeah. do it once. Yeah. Um. I'm going to bravely say I don't like this card. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, again, really good and limited. You know, just obviously, obviously a terrific card. Uh, a card, Anthony Conta, who uh, I did uh, Emergence Genesis with, claims Storm Chaser Mage is the card that gets him back into playing Magic. Um, there are a lot of text on this card. Yeah, it's red-blue for a 1-3 human wizard. Flying haste and prowess. So, so this is a flying red blue monastery mentor. So you can play Not this monastery on mentor, monastery Swiss beer. Sorry, you can play this on turn two and get in, which is great. Yeah, you can play it late and get in without being blocked easily, and he can come in for a ton of damage. Yeah, this is the card that Anthony wants to like build his resurgent career around, huh? Yeah, he. Well, I mean, he he does. Lo- he loves. He loves a Monastery Swift Spear the way you love Taylor Swift. Oh, well, I love a Monastery Swift Spear like I love Taylor Swift, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those two cards are pretty close to me. <laughs> um, I mean, Blue-Red is a little clunky. Yeah, but like, I, I think he's, maybe he's thinking about Modern, where suddenly you can play Monastery Swift Spear, Storm Chaser Mage, and We Dragonauts, and then you know have a whole package of just like cheap burn. I like that idea. Right? 
I think this card will probably see play, despite being only uncommon. Right. Uh, last uncommon, Weapons Trainer. Red-white for a 3-2 human soldier ally. And uh, other creatures you control get plus one, plus zero, as long as you control an equipment. Doesn't even have to be equipped. Just have to have an equipment. Can I... Can I... Do I have a standard? Standard. Anybody willing to build, bid standard? <laughs> standard. This kind of is just like... Do I have a... Do I have a... Do I have a draft? draft? Like, this is like... If you have a gigantic wall, hide behind it. <laughs> but if you don't, can't hide behind so, it. So not a card you're excited about. Not All right, really. so let's talk about the colors, uh, the, the multicolored cards. Flare Drone is a card. It's sort of like, I have a little, like, I, I basically bent the corner over so I could find it later if I'm building a combo deck for some, that, that where it's going to be good, but I, I don't have a place to put it right now. Um, Same thing with Void Grafter, which is a card that's kind of sweet. But uh, but actually, like, the deck that I would play it in, I don't think I can play it. I would play it in my Momir Vig commander deck. Why can't you play it there? Well, I can play it there, but my deck, like, Momir Vig himself cares about whenever you play a blue or green creature spell. Yeah. And, and while this card costs blue and green, I can't go get it or trigger oh, my card's abilities because he's devoid. Oh. Devoid <laughs> so, gets us again. Yeah, it gets me. Uh, Ailey, uh, Eternal Pilgrim. This one seems like one of the stronger old cards to me. Yeah. Uh, Jorian, Ruin Diver. All right, putting it in, in the steel cage with Ailey. Which one do you like better? Jorian or Ailey? Uh, I think I'm gonna say Jorian. Okay. Uh, Minute and Den Windborn. I think it's an interesting card. I, I, you think it just gets set on fire? Yeah, I just don't think this card is as enough impact personally. It costs four mana. Yeah. Uh, Storm Chaser Mage. Uh, probably gonna see play in multiple formats. I don't know how good it'll be, but it seems fine. I mean, and, it's only one more mana than Monastery Swift Spear, and you do get flying. Yeah, and haste. Yeah, I mean, it's. Oh it seems, yeah, haste is a big game. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, weapons trainer, no we, we we we're still waiting on a bid. Uh, still, still, any anybody want a bid? We'll take it. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. So that's G and uh, multicolored here for for uh, Oath of the Gatewatch. And uh, Michael J and I will be back for more Top Eight Magic. In the meantime, go to the Top Eight Magic Facebook page, give us a like, go to Fetchland, look at some content. And, uh, you know, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Top 8 Games. Michael Flores is at 5 of Flores. But that's how you know about it, because that's why you're listening to the podcast, because we told you to listen to it there. So it's a weird circle of life thing. It's like, uh, it's like when, when uh, Walter on Fringe like, takes like, a bottle of water and like, shakes it around. And he says that this is time. Now, I think it's more like when you're watching an episode of Suits and then they show you a commercial for Suits. You're like, I am already watching Suits. Of course I'm watching Suits. <laughs> it's very good. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a stretch, but... You don't like Suits? I, I watch Suits, obviously. Yeah, obviously, because you saw the commercial. I don't know how good it is. commercial told you to watch I don't know how good it is. Suits is soothing. Suits is like suits. Suits has fallen into the Law and Order bracket. No, for suits me. is the biggest asshole TV show there is. That's what I think. Like oh, so so by the way, by the or, way, speaking yeah. of, I just want to get this on the record here. 
I, I don't. I assume you did not watch the Golden Globes. I watched some of the Golden Globes. Okay, but your you assumption happen, is correct. Did you happen to see John Hamm win for Best Actor in a Television Drama? I did not. Okay, he won Best Actor in Television Drama for his role as Don Draper on Mad Men, and uh, he was you know he had a very nice acceptance speech in which he thanked Matthew Weiner yep. for writing this awful character for him to play. He said, thank you for writing this terrible person for me to play for all these years. So that's all. That's all I wanted to say. What are you saying? I'm just saying that we've argued about like Don Draper and, you know, his, what, you know, whether he was a good guy, a bad guy, you know, and I'm just saying that, the guy who has lived inside of Don Draper for many years finds him to be an awful person. That's maybe all. He's, maybe they're just like not compatible. Maybe they just don't get along. You're like, <laughs> what if you like, here's the thing, right? I, I almost called you during it. I was like, 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 think about Bruce Banner and the Incredible Hulk, right? They have to share a body. And like, one of them is this fun loving guy. Like he likes vegetables. You know, he's just tall. Like, he just likes he likes to rock it out, you know. Like sometimes he punches the ground too hard and a planet smashes in half. But he's not he doesn't mean anything by it, you know. He's just, sure. he's just, he's just like just just like vegetables, you know. And then the other side is like just like boring nerd, and he's just like oh, I like to do physics and wear purple pants. And then like the other guy when he comes alive, you know, he's just waking up. He's got purple pants on and they're torn. Do you think he wants to be wearing purple pants? Do you think he wants to be wearing torn purple pants? And and when Ed Norton wins an Academy Award for his reprisal in the role of Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, we can ask him. I mean, like, my kids are a pair of jeans, okay? So my whole point is, the other guy's just a nerd, right? Like, like, there are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who are nerds. We would probably like them if we met them in real life. But if you had to share a body with them, you might think that they're terrible because you wake up, you come alive, you're wearing torn purple pants. And that, I think, is the crux of John Hamm's problem with a wonderful, wonderful human being, Don Draper. <laughs> it's just the torn purple pants. He just doesn't want to share his body with anybody. I had a friend. I, I've watched the show, and he liked sharing his body with a lot of people. Oh, he, he, did. he did. He really, that was like basically one of the main things he liked. Yeah. yeah. He also liked taking his body and shoving it inside a bottle. Well, but, uh, people are complicated, Brian. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I just, I just thought I'd share that with you. Probably a time for a podcast where we're not doing set reviews to, to talk about that a little bit All right, so more. last thing, because this is about the Globes. I almost put this on Twitter today, and I didn't because I, I wasn't sure if it was interesting. Right, right? There's, there's like, I, by the way, listeners, there's like a 50-50 chance that I'm already typing up an email to Kyle to say, hey, cut out the part where Mike said he was watching the Golden Globes. Go ahead. Okay. Well, as long as you're writing the show notes, that's fine. Okay. I will email the file. You are at the show notes. That's fine. Okay. So Catherine says to me this morning, she's like, Revenant won Best Picture. And I was like, oh, I knew it was going to be good. She's like, uh, no. I was like, hey, do you want to see Revenant? You were like, hey, let's go see Hateful Eight. And I'm like, you're right. Let's go see Hateful Eight. And she's just like, Revenant is good. And Revenant's based on a true story. And I was like, so is Hateful Eight. And she's just like, no, it's not. Then I didn't put that on Twitter. I wasn't sure if that was an interesting anecdote. I can leave it in, but... 
All right. D- goodbye. Disregard, disregard Kyle. I, Mike will be sending you the show notes. This is Brian David Marshall, <laughs> Mike J. <Flores, laughs> signing off for Top 8 Magic. Bye-bye. Bye.